Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jazlyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross-cultural conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world overall. Welcome back to the Racisms Podcast, where we have cross-cultural conversations to make this world a better place. I'm Jaslyn, co-host of the podcast with Lisa. Hey, everyone. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to our supporters on Buy Me A Coffee. Our first two supporters were Fawaz and Nico. Uh, you'll hear from Fawaz in a future episode, but Nico was a past guest. Uh, again, we are fundraising all season to determine if there will be a season four. So remember, it's up to you, listeners. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you could show us a little support uh, by going to the Buy Me a Coffee page, which will be in our show notes, to just tell us, hey, we want you back. It's important that you come back so that we can be uh, motivated to come back. Exactly. But today we're going to discuss uh, a topic on the separation of church and church. (laughs) Martin Luther King Jr. was uh, famous for saying that uh, on Sunday morning at at 11 a.m. is the most segregated hour in America. And of course, he said this in the 1960s, but by many accounts, that's still a true statement. And so we wanted to explore that topic a little bit today. Um, I understand that this issue is way deeper and broader than we're going to be able to, to explore in this episode. So mostly we're going to focus on our respective experiences growing up in church and what it means or what it says to us that our churches are still segregated. Yeah, this is a very deep topic, especially uh, considering just the long history of segregation in the United States. So I'm interested in hearing uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So if you all listened to the Christmas episode, uh, we kind of talked about our experiences with Christmas and how we celebrated it. And I learned through that episode that Lisa actually went to a Chinese church Mm -hmm. or a church with mostly Chinese people. Um, And I went to a quote unquote black church or a church that had mostly black people. Um, So when I say segregated churches, I, I guess I mean churches that are composed of mostly one group of people that identify as uh, maybe a racial or ethnic identity. Mm-hmm. So, Lisa, I mean, what do you think about the fact that you did grow up in kind of a, a Chinese church? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, so I'm most, the reason I went to a Chinese church was definitely um, mostly my parents. Uh, you know, they were the ones who could drive us there. Um, their English um, wasn't as good as, you know, it has been in the, in the later years because they had just come to the United States. And so they went to this Chinese church because they spoke Mandarin, which is the language that they understand. So for them, it was more of an understanding uh, the language, but also because then they were with other immigrant families who had the same experiences as them. They could share tips on, you know, how to you kind of make it here. Uh, they could share resources. And so for them, it's, it's not just a church. To them, it was more, it was also a community of friends um, and people who could help them kind of navigate this, the United States. 
Um, and it's what's really interesting in predominantly Chinese churches or Korean churches or other um, uh, churches like that is that we often have a Chinese congregation in terms of they do their sermons in Mandarin. Um, and then there is a second congregation. It's the English congregation, English speaking congregation. Um, and that's for the children of the immigrant parents. So, you know, even mm. though I went to a predominantly Chinese church, I went, I attended the English side of it. So I spoke English with, you know, the children of immigrants. We had our sermons in English. And so it was kind of like almost like two churches in one. And so that's like a really interesting experience. Uh, how about you? That is interesting that you had the two um, kind of services, one for Mandarin and one for English, but still one community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, growing up in a black church was great. Um, you know, you make friends in church. You, uh, Of course, you know, my parents brought me to that church as well. I didn't, <laughs> as children, you don't really pick your own church, yeah. but uh yeah. It was it was nice, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't see any problem with it. Um, I do remember the first time I went to a Baptist church. My denomination was Baptist, mm-hmm. and I was riding down the street and I saw a sign and it said Catholic Church. I was like, Oh my God, Catholic Church! <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't. I wasn't very exposed to other types of church. I was like, Oh my God, that's a Catholic church. What is that? So you know, in one way, it's kind of. I don't know if you knew about other denominations or other types of churches growing up, but, you know, I kind of learned about other types of churches later in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if so, like for us, like if you, if mostly the Chinese churches that we knew, like there was like other ones in Chinatown and other parts of the city, we were mostly we mostly called ourselves non-denominational uh, just because we didn't fit into what's typically like the Methodist church, the Baptist, and definitely mm-hmm. not the Catholic church. Um, so I think it was just like, we didn't know where to, we, we didn't know where to fit, so we always called ourselves non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think I would have changed that experience. Um, I think particularly for black churches, there are certain things that go on in black church where if you go to a different black church it's you'll find a similar thing so it's kind of cool to have that that experience that kind of crosses you know different generations and different you know regional and national church going experiences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i love my church experience it was a small church Uh, I think maybe like a hundred families or so. So I got to know all, like I kind of grew up with the the kids. Um, We all attended for, you know, probably like a decade or like more. Um, So it was great to just have like this close knit uh, group of friends, you know, church friends that we would go on like retreats and trips and camping trips and mission trips together. So I really enjoyed that small church experience, um, getting to know, everyone like literally everyone I know Mm -hmm. everyone knows me I really like that feeling Um, would I have changed it probably not I I definitely didn't find an appeal in going to a different church than my parents or you know going to like a mega church or anything like that 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I definitely really appreciated that small church um, experience. And it is also with uh, other, you know, Asian American kids who had immigrant parents and we could relate um, on that level. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think we just naturally got along. Yeah. And I remember you talking about how you might sometimes have potlucks. Oh, yes. Uh, so the I can potlucks. imagine that was a tasty time Epic. at the church. <laughs> Best memory. Yeah. And, you know, getting to know people, I, you know, some elderly people will still say, oh, I remember when you were just a little girl. And <laughs> I I don't my mom will say I don't remember anybody so I'd be like oh yes of course I don't know you but yes (laughs) I did go to church I know I love I love having all of my aunts and uncles at church who you know I send them Christmas cards they see my mom still there so they're just like oh I got your daughter's Christmas cards so like I love that feeling and they're just a really big family that's nice that's good Lisa you still send Christmas cards that's that's nice (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Yeah. So when you were at school, did you have other friends that went to church? And did you ever like visit their church or they visit yours? You know, I don't remember visiting anyone else's church. I think I was mostly the one inviting people to like our church activities. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't. If they did go to church, they went to their own church. Uh, I had one friend I remember was Mormon, but other than that, I don't think my friends were very religious. They were either Catholic or mm-hmm. non-churchgoers. Yeah. How, how, how about you? Did you get to visit other churches growing up? Um, not really. I do remember my, I think my orchestra teacher uh, invited us, the orchestra class, to his church, he was white, because I guess he was playing, the, you know, his church had a little orchestra or a little section of strings being played during the service, and I guess he was playing and he wanted to invite us. And so that is like the only memory I have. I mean, one or two memories I have of going to a white church as a child, mm-hmm. or as, you know, a non-adult. <laughs> I guess I was a teenager. But um, yeah, I didn't really go to my friend's church. I did invite a couple of my friends to my church because I uh, I tried to form a little, I played the violin. I think we talked about that, but I tried to form a little group to, to play like a little ensembles mm-hmm. pieces. So I invited them to come to my church and play and we did that a couple of times. So that was fun, but yeah, not a lot of church visiting. Oh, well, you know, I do remember my college years, I visited some Pentecostal churches and I Mm -hmm. don't think they were, yeah, it wasn't like a black Pentecostal, white Pentecostal. It was a, it was a multicultural Pentecostal, but I mean, that's just a different kind of experience that it's not necessarily race driven or um, related to race. It's more of just the culture behind uh, Pentecostal churches and speaking in tongues and and those kinds of uh, gifts. Yeah. Yeah, I think different denominations also have maybe different congregants. Mm-hmm. I, I, too, remember me, uh, visiting a Pentecostal church that was, I guess, integrated or mixed. 
and it worked. Mm. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. It was uh, okay. very nice. Um, so speaking of like later in life in college, what was that experience like? Did you continue with seeking out Chinese churches or did you find groups or uh, churches that were more integrated or mixed? Uh, yeah, so in college, I remember, well, I, I lived really close to the college I went to, so I did go home on weekends and went back to my home church and became a, a youth leader there. So um, that was a majority of my, so I, I continued on with my home church, so my uh, predominantly uh, Chinese church. And I did seek out another Chinese church actually um, in Chinatown because my friend was going there to check it out. Uh, I didn't like that one as much. Uh, and then <laughs> and then my group on campus, my Christian group on campus was mostly white with um, just a few people who were not white. So it was, I guess I got like two, two dichotomies there and, and I got the predominantly white Christian campus group and then I still had my home church too, kind of where I was comfortable. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in grad school, I had a similar experience. I joined a group on campus that was called the Fellowship of Christian Graduate Students mm. and that was probably the most diverse group like organization I've probably ever been in, <laughs> you know, because grad school is kind of naturally yeah. diverse. You have people coming from, you know, out of the country and all over the country. And so, you know, we had people from, you know, pretty much every continent in the group. Um, and I really enjoyed that experience. Um, we didn't go to church together, but we had, you know, Bible mm. studies and events and I, I like that, being able to share that aspect, you know, Christianity with people, you know, outside of my identity. Yeah. Um, I did go to a church that one of, you know, one of my friends went to a couple times, and it was nice. It was kind of one of those non-denominational churches where, you know, they had a kind of a rock band in the front. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, the lights were dim. They had strobe lights and stuff. Right. <laughs> And, you know, the services were like an hour or less. And so, I mean, it was it was nice. Well, you know, it, you know, it didn't when I go to pick a church, you know, even as an adult, I still look for a similar experience that I got as, you know, when I was growing up, which is um, the music is important to me. The uh, kind of the loving atmosphere is important. Mm -hmm. The messages being spoken is important to me. So those are the things I kind of look for. And and to be honest, I you know I look f mostly for you know, predomin predominantly black churches mm -hmm. um, as an adult. So is is that similar for you, or it doesn't really matter? Uh, so uh, after moving to Maryland, uh, we still haven't really found our home church. We were going to. Uh, so we so we were either going to join a non-denominational multicultural church, uh, which is like the, that rock band, uh, you know, scenario you just <laughs> yeah. told about. We like met in a school auditorium. Uh, they definitely had the whole like band set up and the messages. They were good. Um, 
but it was like a big it was a bigger church than what I had grown up with so it was really hard to get to know people it was still predominantly white and like so we didn't connect with a whole lot of people at that church Uh, we did check out a Chinese church and like I said earlier Chinese churches typically do still have an English congregation that speaks mostly English um, and when we attended that English congregation, it was mostly like high schoolers and younger. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was no like young adults there, young families. So like we didn't really feel like we fit there mm. yet. So I guess it's been a challenge because there are so many churches and we visited a ton, but none of them like really clicked that first time. And maybe we're being like really picky or like not giving a church, you know, enough time you know, to like mm. for the people to like reach out. But no, we haven't found one. We do like to go to one that is either multicultural or predominantly Asian uh, because of just comfort level, like on that, in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, like who could I share like my deepest, you know, darkest sins with kind of like, you know, I need to trust them. And I feel like I trust people that are... That have gone through similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're talking about our experiences now, mostly in the what eighties to nineties to now ish. So when Dr. King said what he said, that was in the sixties, and you know, in the sixties, the civil rights movement was um, in full swing. You know, trying to get full rights for black people and, you know, infect everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, There was still segregation laws on the books um, affecting all areas of life, including church life. So it's, it was kind of a different time in my opinion um, to talk about segregation. Mm. And um, I guess you can't really divorce how things are now where, you know, you still have, churches that are you know have predominantly one type of um, identifying group from the time before where hundreds of years there was segregation Mm -hmm. uh, mostly well by white people or the people in power segregating others from their churches so when you've experienced hundreds of years of being separated from the majority culture, of course you're going to stand up your own things mm-hmm. and you develop your own culture. And so I think it kind of propagates. So um, I think it's important to think about that um, in terms of why things are still segregated today. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this documentary Time for Burning. Kyle suggested this to me or to us the other day. And it's on YouTube. And it's about a white Lutheran minister in Omaha Mm -hmm. in the 60s. I think it was 66. And he is like a new minister to a, a congregation. And he comes in and he's like, you know, we need to reach out to the black congregation, you know, they have separate churches. We need to reach out. We need to cross, cross paths. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's not even suggesting that they, you know, combine churches. They just, he just wants to reach out and to like reconcile and Mm -hmm. come together as Christians, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be one religion, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I don't want to spoil a movie, but uh, it doesn't really work out <laughs> <laughs> the way he wants it to. Mm. And I, I think, you know, that's the sentiment of the day. And it perpetuates to even today on that side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the white side, white <laughs> people. And I mentioned, I think in the Moz episode that, you know, I don't really know what kind of messages white people are getting at church or, you know, if they're reading the same Bible as me because you have this group called the evangelicals Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and evangelicals are supposed to be Christians. But when you say evangelicals, you're only, you're only talking about white people Mm -hmm. and these evangelicals, you know, are typically conservative. Typically they, they have supported Trump and other Republican uh, agendas. So, I mean, I don't, on principle, I, I hear what you're saying. You enjoyed your church. You enjoyed the community. I enjoyed my community. Is there anything wrong with separate churches on the service? So, I don't think there is anything wrong with having churches that are predominantly one culture or another. I think the problem is, and you know, I need to watch this documentary. I'm sorry I didn't watch it. Is that you, like there needs to be some good, pure reason that people want to reach out? Like, like when I first heard it, I was like, oh no, are they trying to like wait savior like a black church? You know, are they trying to tell you know a black congregation that they're teaching the Bible wrong? Like that would be obviously the wrong reason to reach out. But I think when you mentioned the word reconcile. That's mm-hmm. something that I think needs to be done for sure. And not just with, not just across different churches, but across, you know, the people of the United States, reconciliation, you know, really talking about the history of slavery, coming to terms of what that means today and how basically just like yeah owning up to it and and having those difficult conversations so if he had that in mind then i would be for it but if he didn't if it was for some other like we reason then yeah of course it's not going to work out because they don't need oh no his uh, i you know i'm on his side he he you know it's the 60s right so he's thinking about the problem you know at hand and he's like why isn't the church doing something which is a great question you know for me (laughs) jesus was for certain things you know he was for the oppressed he was Mm -hmm. for the you know the 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 less you know less advantaged Mm -hmm. he was not against them he was for them so yes your church should also be for these things if if that's what you proclaim to believe in so that's his thing he's like you know what there's this thing going on in the nation you know civil rights you know segregation let's try to bridge this gap let's just he basically just wanted them to get to know each other mm-hmm. <laughs> he wanted them to sit in the same room and they they were not enjoying that i see i see you see so, I mean, that was that step one. So if you can't get to step one, you know, you can't get, right. get past that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, 
I, I don't understand like what kind of attitudes or what kind of messaging are people that go to white churches where you see the results of these people that mm-hmm. call themselves evangelicals and what they profess and believe in like what kind of messages are they getting in their Christian church yeah I mean I don't like I don't like I don't I don't want to align myself with um, all Christians you know I like I, and I, I think you agree is that there are some very uh, extreme interpretations of the Bible or very uh, limited interpretations of the Bible. Um, people take it out of context. And so I think that's what's being spoken at some of these churches where they're like, um, well, maybe people don't think for themselves either. You know, they're like, oh, my pastor told me to vote for this person, so I'm going to because that candidate is Christian and that's good enough for them. Like, that's kind of all they want to know. Or, mm. you know, they're just focused on um, one issue and not the whole picture or, you know, the whole, like, hate the sin, love the sinner thing, right? And that's another thing, you know, they, this candidate is Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they believe that because... <laughs> If that was the case, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was a minister mm. of the gospel. Mm. And then you have even a recent example of Raphael Warnock, a reverend, a minister in Georgia, you know, on the Democratic ticket mm. for Senate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these evangelicals are not are not interested. Mm. And so that's why I think to me, I think some white people that profess to be Christians actually elevate their whiteness Mm -hmm. and what that means to them and the you know the privilege that 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 it affords them they put it over any type of christian ideals Mm. that can be found in the bible yeah what do you think about that i don't i remember what i was watching recently but there was some there was some person saying how oh i remember it was from the reenactment we just did uh at work Uh, which was the trial of the Vietnamese fishermen versus the KKK. And in it, uh, the head of the KKK uh, was saying how he's like, I can point to places in the Bible that talks about racial purity and all that stuff. So I think those kind of messages maybe are not overtly being spoken, but they're subvertly being spoken to say that, you know, in the Bible, there's only one race and, they're the ones. Hmm. <laughs> so. I mean, it's very interesting um, how people can harp on just one scripture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just one. They oh, really yeah. like this one scripture. And, you know, the rest, they're okay. But this one, they really like. Mm-hmm. And so they, they build their whole thing around that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I also think it's interesting how, and we can get into this in another episode, but... The image of Jesus is a white guy. Mm. Um, And, you know, you can't tell anybody different that that's not (laughs) the true Jesus when the Jewish people were under the rule of Romans. So the Jesus that we see is kind of probably looks more like the Romans than anyway. Mm. So I think that's another issue. Mm. It's just it's just the racial thing and the racial thing that they created. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so they they take. They took Christianity and fit it to their agenda mm-hmm. and not the other way around. 
Um, they didn't conform their identity to Christianity. They conformed what they wanted from the Bible to their identity and how they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's something that's going to have to be addressed, but not in my church because uh, <laughs> um, I feel like, in my opinion, we read the Bible, we mm-hmm. follow the Bible. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, th- and, and, you know, following the Bible, like Bible, um, Bible led uh, sermons are really important to me. Like you said, you were, you were talking about like messaging was really important. Like I, I do want to find a church that is Bible based, not like interpret, not interpreting the Bible in like the way that wasn't meant to be interpreted. Like I really, yeah, I really, I really respect when there's like, like they don't, they don't misinterpret the Bible is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, churches had a lot of power. They had a lot of political power uh, in yeah. much of history. So yeah, they were using the church to control the people because that's where a lot of people went. So I can definitely see, like you said, how they twisted that narrative into what they wanted their congregation, their white congregation to believe, and then it's just been carried on, right? All these like, and especially the mega churches, those are, they, those are real, real sketchy to me. <laughs> Oh, you don't like mega churches? Uh-uh. Do not like mega churches. I went to a, I mean, the quote-unquote definition of mega church is what? How many members are you supposed to have? 2,000 or something? Look, like if you're that? in an office building or a stadium, <laughs> <laughs> you have a parking garage. Yeah, that's a mega church. We can have a parking garage. <laughs> I, okay, I went to a quote-unquote mega church in Atlanta. Mm. Now, you know, mega churches are, you know, on every corner in Atlanta. <laughs> There's a lot of mega churches in Atlanta. But I liked my mm, mega church. Okay. It was like I said it had the elements of church that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be in a bigger building. Mm. Um, although I just saw that, you know, mega international like what's it called? Hi, no, Hillsong. Mm, oh yeah, they have some scandals going on because they like what well, they're based in Australia, but they have like satellite churches everywhere, and like somebody in New York was getting a little too uh, worldly. Mm. So it's hard when you're when you're like that and you have you're spread out and you're trying to have one message, mm. but you know, different cultures. So the mega church that you went to was it a bl- predominantly black one? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I've I've only been to a few predominantly white ones. Maybe that's why I didn't like it because it was predominantly white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I went to when I visited Houston. I went to Joel Olstein's church mm. once. Is that off I mean, the it's, highway? You know, it's comfortable. It's a comfortable. You know, you have the stadium seating. Right. You have the nice, comfy seats. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You don't have to know Air conditioning, anyone. You got the screens everywhere. You don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> you just look ahead at the screen. You know, if you want to get in and get out, mm. that's an option. That's but true. Yeah, it's, that's not what, you know, that's not the type of church experience I want. True. Yeah, it's too anonymous for me. Like, I need yeah. a, I need accountability. <laughs> yes. You need to know your pastor. Your pastor needs to know you, mm. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. 
that would be nice. At least by sight. You're like, oh, hey, that's you're that person. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like if, if every time you see your pastor, he's like, oh, are you new? Then that's bad. <laughs> right. It's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I've been here for two years. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it can it can be unruly mm. when you have so many churches. I mean, you know, look at the Catholic Church. You can't mm-hmm. and all the scandals going on there. True. Can't watch everybody all the time. But so I wanted to go back to um the the messaging the 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 sermons and right around the time that there was uh, there was a lot of uh, right around the time of the uh, January sixth insurrection uh, I I think I was saying how I was going to attend your church and attend my church and mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. compare and contrast the sermons and I do distinctly remember that your pastor you know spoke very clearly and directly about what was happening you know in the mm-hmm. in, in in the united states how it affects the church you know how we should respond as christians and then i don't believe the church that i attended um, which is the multicultural one addressed it at all they were just kind of going along in whatever you know block of sermons you know whatever lessons they were mm-hmm. going through at the time so I did really appreciate that your pastor spoke about it, but still within the like kind of theme that he was already speaking about, which I believe was Moses. Right. And I was just, yeah, I definitely saw that contrast and I definitely see how you can be really shielded from current events if you go to a church that Mm. doesn't talk about what it means. Like, it's kind of like, Life is over there, church is over here, and they don't need to mix. Like I, I definitely, right. yeah, saw what you what you see. Yeah, yeah, no, it shouldn't be like that, in my opinion. Like, yes, you could have your, you know, general sermons that you could give any Sunday of the week, but the church should be speaking to conditions that its congregants are going through, that the nation is going through, like. Your church shouldn't be silent, right? Mm-hmm. If we're trying to be an example, we're you know you're supposed to be an example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to the world. So if you don't talk about what the world is going through, how can you be an example? Yeah. And so yeah, I appreciate that my pastor or my church doesn't shy away and in fact you know discusses it um in sermons you know in bible studies like we're aware and we're we're active like you know Mm -hmm. he advocates for us to vote he advocates for us to you know get involved i feel like if your church is not talking about social justice issues what are we talking about Mm -hmm. right you know i mean you can get a sermon any day of the week. Like you can listen to, you know, love your neighbor any day of the week. But if you don't apply the love your neighbor to specific situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that's my thing.
so churches sometimes are separate have a majority culture or majority racial group and you know certain churches have certain cultural elements to it you know um specific to that group of people like I remember I went to a Nigerian church once in Amer in, in the U.S. A church that was made up mostly of people from Nigeria, and they did certain things different. Mm. I was like, "Oh, this is this is nice." Mm. <laughs> you know, I went to an Ethiopian church once, or a church in the U.S. made up of Ethiopians, people from Ethiopia. That was different. Mm -hmm. You know, certain cultural things translate into the church and um as long as it doesn't you know contradict the bible there's nothing wrong with that and people you know feel more comfortable in these environments mm -hmm. and uh you know you wouldn't want a white church or chinese church to try to do some ethiopian things oh, right no that would be no <laughs> you know that that would be that would be appropriation slash terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> yes you don't want that, okay? Completely agree. So, to me, if you are, a, you know, identify with a certain group, and if you want to be around people who identify with that group to worship, I think as long as you're not excluding mm -hmm. other people and discriminating against other people or teaching hate against other people or intolerance of other people, I, you know, I don't see a problem with that. And I think Kyle asked if, you know, if we do this, if that's okay in churches, it's okay in other places. That's already okay in other places. Mm. For example, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, they weren't uh, just, they didn't just pop up out of nowhere. They were created because, you know, black people mm. couldn't go to the white colleges. So, you know, we need to get education, so they create HBCUs. Now, supposedly, you should be able to go to whatever college you want. Does that mean HBCUs are no longer needed? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, you have, you know, food places, you know, Asian markets, kosher, halal places that you can't really get at the, you know, quote-unquote, grocery store mm -hmm. I mean are we saying I mean what are we saying do we want everything to just be all together I don't think there's anything wrong with having safe spaces what do you what are your thoughts on that yeah I think the more that we talk about it the less I am so when I first kind of realized, oh my gosh, like I go, <laughs> I go to an Asian grocery store because I can't get everything I want at a, uh, a Western uh, grocery store. I was a little bit like, huh, I wonder if that's like, you know, a segregation thing or like, hey, we don't want you here. But the more that you talk about it, the more I, you know, realize that well, one, you can't have all those stores in one place because then you can't, like, meet anyone's uh, needs fully. Um, and then second, mm -hmm. like, I think that for people who say, 
like they want to like we shouldn't have these separate places we should integrate everything like most most of the time uh those those are ways to just like kind of wash everything out and make it all like homogenous sterile and probably white and so exactly yeah so i want to be not that because we can't just yeah we can't integrate everything and then have the predominant culture then just take it over like we need to preserve these spaces where you know you don't feel judged when you like buy a certain thing or do a certain thing that's like Mm -hmm. yeah that's just that's not what you're just because you're not you as a person are not like like you didn't grow up with that does not mean that it is now like weird or strange and like we don't need that right like i can buy i can buy stinky durian if i want in an asian supermarket without being like facing comments mm-hmm. like what's that smell or you know what is that mm-hmm. like yeah you just want to shop and you just want to you know get your hair done or you know do whatever exactly get out so exactly. so i am for continual celebration of cultures and and and, and ethnicities with these safe spaces like you just said so i think my mind has yes. been changed <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, you know, you you well, you attended my virtual church, but if you were to come to my church in real per- in real life, we would welcome you, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at every church. Yeah. You should welcome anyone to come, and at the end of the day, the church you choose should be a, t- a choice of taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but. <laughs> You should make sure that you're learning the right things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so is the goal to, I guess, you know, in the 60s, we were against segregation. But why were we against segregation? Was it because we didn't like going to school with all the black people? Or we didn't like shopping, you know, at all the black stores and we wanted to shop with the white people? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We didn't like segregation because it was creating a class structure and a hierarchical structure where black people were at the bottom and we did not have the same rights as everyone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We should have the option to buy a house where we want to, go to school where we qualify, Mm -hmm. get a job where we qualify. We should have that option. But I hear a lot of people in terms of you know, segregation saying um, people that grew up, you know, at the the uh, crossover from segregation to integration, they they love their black schools. They love their teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't want to go over. The, the problem was <laughs> unequal resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't get the same books, you know, buildings anything as the majority got the majority culture got so that's a problem Mm -hmm. with churches today is that is that still one of the the concerns Mm -hmm. should we should the goal still be to integrate churches and you know, mix and mingle, based on this, the concerns of the '60s. 
Uh, I mean, I think the only resource that I would say that would be uh, beneficial to integration, speaking from like my growing up in in a uh, in a predominantly Chinese church, we always like rented buildings or like rented time in a church. Mm-hmm. So like I remember the mornings, the Methodist congregation, I don't know if they were predominantly white, um, but they were Methodist congregation. They would get the church for um, the morning and then we would get the church in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. we always we're always renting. Um, I think probably like t- maybe like six years ago after I had already left, um, our church finally bought a building. Uh, and that was like really great because, you know, it's nice to have your own building. It's nice not have to like, you know, not touch every, not touch things because they're not yours. Um, you know, be just like in someone else's space all the time. So that was really nice, but it took a long time to get there. So if we were to like integrate with, you know, like, uh, let's say, you know, white society church, then maybe we have more resources to then have the building. Um, so that's what I would say would be the most beneficial, but I don't really see like a spiritual benefit to integration unless, mm. you know, they, unless like everyone was willing to hear hard messages, not just the, you know, hey, you're going to heaven or Jesus died for your sins. You know, I feel like the, the messaging I got growing up, it was a lot of that positive stuff going through the stories Mm -hmm. but nothing really nothing really like a whole lot of challenging in terms of what's going on in the world uh so if it could kind of get everyone on the same page i think it's a good idea but if it's if it's not going to do that then there's no reason to i don't know that's a hard one right because we should be uncomfortable but also should we like try that hard I guess, is it like, should we? I guess we should, right? I think, I mean, I think the goal is, yes, we should get to a place where we're on one accord. Like in the Bible, that's that was important. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was in one room, you know, believing the same thing on one accord. We, I mean, it's been what? thousands of years and we've definitely uh, split from that idea mm-hmm. <laughs> we are definitely no longer on one accord but it would be nice to kind of like this imagine you know you're an alumni alumni of a of university right and I was just looking at this <laughs> so the alumni association covers all the alumni mm-hmm. right but then under the umbrella of the alumni association, you have these different little little groups, little affinity or, you know, people with similar concerns or interest groups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got the black group, Asian group, you know, Jewish group, LGBT group, all these different groups underneath the umbrella. But we all can say we're all alumni. We all agree the school was great. <laughs> yeah. We had a great time. Yeah. Right. But, you know, we have our little groups. Every every now and then we meet up in our groups. I think it should be like that. We should have an overall umbrella where we all say, yes, Mm -hmm. these are the things that we believe in and we stand for, Mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. But then we have our little little groups. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we can all come to the big alumni reunions Mm -hmm. or Christian reunion, 
you know, yeah. once a year or something like that. Mm. Have a great time. Mm-hmm. Learn from and meet each other. Mm. And then, you know, I think I think that's fine. Yeah, I think, but I don't think that organization, that umbrella is, it exists, right? It, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's a great idea if you ever want to start a church, you know? <laughs> I know, have a big, a huge umbrella. That would be hard to do. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, these big mega churches with satellite churches, you know, like you said, you can't control every you can't can't control the messaging too closely when you have mm. that many entities to to manage it's like a corporation and you know corporations are uh they can they, they can do sketchy things yeah that's unfortunate i'm very unfortunate yeah i don't know what the solution is i don't know what the solution is but i would love to visit your church in person when you know it's I feel safe too, uh, from from the pandemic. Right. Yes. Of <laughs> course. Me too. You know. <laughs> so going back to like the idea of reconciliation, mm-hmm. I have a friend who actually is trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Like she's black, and she joined this multicultural church, and she's a part of this min- ministry of reconciliation and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um. She thinks it's important, and you know, I commend her. Wow, that's that's good. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you think if we did more things like that, if we had churches, or even you know, maybe two churches come together for like a you know a Bible study or something like that, to do more interaction or talk about these hard issues, do you think that would have an effect? In society as a whole, would we see a change in attitudes of Mm. white people that go to these churches that either don't talk about social issues or have an antagonistic view to um, social justice and the rights of all human beings? Yeah, that sounds like a really big, that sounds like a really big uh, ask, especially if you're not like requiring your congregation to attend such an event. I think only mm. the people who are interested in in reconciliation, who believe it's the right thing to do, who want to learn more, like those people who are open to it will come, but those people who aren't won't, they'll probably break off and form their own church. I mean, that's what we do here, right? You don't like what your pastor says, you go form your own church? Yeah. That's a problem. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yes. Right? So that's what's going to happen. So unfortunately, it sounds great. I, you know, I hope that your friend uh, can expand her work to, you know, whatever it is, to a larger audience. But yeah, it's people just leave if they don't like what they hear. And that's that's that further promotes the. the, Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess maybe. Like in the movie that I was talking about, A Time for Burning, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you just get that one yeah. or maybe a couple you do have out to start of with the one. Yeah. hundreds. Mm. <laughs> he, you know, he was a guy who was like, man, he he had to talk to me for a few hours. But yeah, I, you know, I, I get it. Mm. I get it. <laughs> I, I think I'm there. 
And I was like, okay, okay. You know, maybe it's not a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are some people that if you talk to them long enough or you, mm-hmm. you know, give enough examples. But I do think it's, it's it has to be from someone you respect mm-hmm. or trust, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the minister that he had. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think, well, maybe. But it's probably more, your mind will probably change more if the message comes from someone you trust or Mm -hmm. respect. Yeah. So, you know, even if, you know, 90% of the people do say, you know, this is ridiculous. Mm. I'm out of here. I think you should be happy. And that's another thing the movie brought up is like, you know, we don't want to lose all these good, solid congregants, meaning these good, solid dollars. Mm. We don't want to lose them mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Like, is this worth it? Mm. And I would say, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to look more like Christ, then yes, this message is worth it mm. to lose however many people to get the people that are open to the, the ideas. Yeah, yeah. Activism started in churches so we could we should do that again and yeah like Mm -hmm. because this is like you said or Martin Luther King said you know it is a segregated hour but it's also an hour where people do gather in large groups you know they do trust their pastor and this is an opportunity to um like you said just like do a little spark you know spark a little change here and there to not give up yeah Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I remember there was a clip on Instagram of a white pastor, I think, and he was telling his mostly white congregation, mm, right. <laughs> you all need to get it together. These black people are really showing you the way and you you just need to get it together. <laughs> it's like really lecturing. I was like, wow, mm. you know, you said it, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You keep spreading the good word. But um, yeah, I think it just takes mm. leader, you know. You know, the pastor is supposed to be the leader of that particular church. So pastors have an obligation uh, as well as the people in the church Mm -hmm. um, to push for these changes. Okay, well, that's our show. Um, I thought it was a very interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we have more work to do. Well, I guess my better world nugget is we do have more work to do in the church and, you know, and other religious organizations, you know, community organizations. Um, and I think that if we want more, quote unquote, integrated or mixed churches i don't think it's necessarily on the part of uh marginalized groups to trudge over to the (laughs) the mega white churches but you know white people to reach out to visit other churches to get to know other people and kind of bridge that gap Mm -hmm. so that's my better world nugget reach out and touch somebody's (laughs) hand Lisa, do you have a better world nugget? Yes, my better world nugget, uh, where I kind of started off 
the episode thinking it's kind of a lost cause. Like, why even bother if, you know, it's not going to work out this like reconciliation this reaching across um, different churches and denominations. But, you know, at the end of the episode, I think he really uh, like made some really good points about how we got to try. And even if it's just, you know, one person or 10 percent of a congregation, that's enough. Um, that's better than nothing and that, you know, it's really important for our country and I think churches can really take the lead. So I really like that idea and um, definitely put some positivity for, it was definitely positive for me to hear, uh, to have this conversation about this topic. So thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racisms Podcast. Before you go, be sure to like or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and stay up to date on new episodes. And let us know, what do you think about the most segregated hour? Do you think it's a problem that needs to be solved or not so big of a deal? And what are you going to do to bridge any gaps or any divides in your life? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Racism's Podcast and on our blog, racismspodcast.wordpress.com and please consider visiting our buy me a coffee page to show us that you'd like us back for a season four peace everyone be safe music for this episode was created by jasmine Dukes, kyle carson and tone this episode was produced and edited by kyle carson 